For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Genesis. This is part three of the series. There is this very important Torah principle, which is the deeds or the events that happen to the patriarchs are a sign or a prophecy of what will happen to their descendants. On a larger scale, we understand that biblical history is prophecy. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 398 and 436, it is written, The concept of the deeds of the patriarchs are a portent for their children refers to the distillation of the national history in the lives of the patriarchs. Whatever happened to the patriarchs is a sign or a foreshadowing to what will happen to their children. Let's see how this is so. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 10, we're told that Abraham went down to Egypt, as it is written. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. This is going to foreshadow that the descendants of Abraham are going to go down to Egypt because there was a grievous famine in the land. In the book called Torah Studies by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 13, he writes and explains that Abraham's journey to Egypt foreshadows the Egyptian exile. Abraham's journey down to Egypt foreshadows the future Egyptian exile. And Abram went up out of Egypt, presages the Israelites' redemption. And just as Abraham left way down with cattle, silver, and gold, so too did the Israelites leave Egypt with great wealth. In Genesis chapter 12, we're told how when Abraham went to Egypt, that Pharaoh took Sarah, his wife, into his house. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 11, verses 14 and 15, and verse 17 and verse 20, it is written, And it came to pass when he, that is Abraham, was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know that you are a fair woman to look upon. And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commanded her before Pharaoh, 
Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. As a result, it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 17, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. As a result of this plague that came upon Pharaoh, it says, and Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. In the art scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 452, it explains that when Pharaoh let Sarah go, it happened at a time which would be later celebrated as Passover. The night that Pharaoh was afflicted with a plague that forced him to free Sarah was what would later be the night of Passover. This paralleled how God would later greatly afflict the Egyptians to force them to free the children of Israel. This commentary is made by Perke de Rabbi Eliezer, section 26, the sayings of Rabbi Eliezer. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 454, in comment to the phrase, take her and go, it is written, Pharaoh's order to take her and go presents a striking parallel. As pointed out several times, the entire episode of Abraham in Egypt presaged what would later occur to his descendants in Egypt. When a successor of Pharaoh would say to Moses and Aaron in Exodus chapter 12 verse 32, take them and go. Abraham left Egypt with much goods. In the art scroll of Genesis volume 1 page 456 it says concerning the verse, so Abram went up from Egypt. The Torah always uses the word went up when speaking of journeys to a higher terrain of the land of Israel. And then it goes on to say, now Abram was very laden or heavy, heavily burdened with bundles is the commentary of Rashi. The adjective heavy is used because with such an abundance of wealth, he was weighed down. The word is synonymous with rich or heavy with many possessions. Abraham's exodus foreshadows the Egyptian exodus. In the commentary to the Torah of the book of Genesis by Moses Nachmanides on page 173 it is written concerning the verse and there was a famine in the land. Now Abram went down to Egypt on account of the famine to dwell there in order to keep himself alive in the days of the drought but the Egyptians oppressed him for no reason and attempted to take his wife. The Holy One blessed be he avenged their cause with great plagues and brought him forth from there with cattle with silver and with gold and Pharaoh even commanded his men to escort them from the land he thereby alluded to Abraham that his children would go down to Egypt on account of the famine to dwell there in the land and the Egyptians would do them evil and take the women from them just as Pharaoh said and every daughter shall you save alive but the holy one blessed be he would avenge their cause with great plagues until he would bring them forth with silver and gold, sheep and oxen, very rich in cattle, with the Egyptians pressuring to send them out of the land. In Genesis chapter 13 verses 14 through 16 we are told that Abraham's seed will be as the dust of the earth as it is written. And the Lord said to Abram after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you 
you are, northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which you see to you will I give it into your seed forever. And I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed also be numbered. And the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 470, and comment to the verse, and I will make your seed as the dust of the earth. It says that this alludes to messianic times when the children of Israel, as it says in a Jewish published Bible, Hosea chapter 2, verse 1, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. It is Hosea chapter 1, verse 10 in the King James. And also in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20, Judah and Israel were many as the sand which is by the sea in abundance. They ate, they drank, and were happy. And the art scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 470, it makes this comment about Abraham's seed will be as the dust of the earth. The comparison to the dust of the earth is explained in the Midrash. Just as the dust of the earth is found from one end of the world to the other, so shall your children be found from one end of the world to the other. As the dust of the earth can be blessed only through water, so shall your children be blessed for the sake of Torah, which is likened to water, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. As the dust of the earth wears out even metal utensils, yet itself endures forever, so will Israel exist forever, while the nations of the world will cease to be. As the dust of the earth is trodden upon, so will your children be downtrodden under the heel of foreign powers. But as the dust outlives those who tread upon it, so God said to Abraham, shall your sons outlive the nations of the world that persecute them. In Genesis in chapter 14, we are told how Abraham waged war against various kings to save his family. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, in verse 12, in verse 14 and 16, it is written, And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, which the rabbis say that this is Nimrod, Ariak, king of Eleazar, Chaldor Lamir, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and it lists other ones that they made war with, and as a result, they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he brought back all the goods, and also brought again his brother's lot, and his goods, and the woman also, and the people. This is foreshadowing that before redemption comes, which is the restoration of Adam's family, what precedes it is war with the nations. That's why you are going to have, in the end of days, war is going to precede the redemption of the house of Jacob back to the land of Israel. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 473, in commentary to these things, it says, And it happened in the days. Whenever we find in the Bible the phrase, And it happened in the days, it indicates 
trouble. And Amraphel is identified with Nimrod. So a war in a battle with the nations is what is prophesied here. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 474, it says, Rav Eleazar bar Abina said, When you see the powers fighting each other, look for the coming of King Messiah. The proof is that in the days of Abraham, because these powers fought against each other, redemption came to him. Or in other words, he was victorious over them. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 474 and 475, in commenting about Abraham waging war against various kings to save his family, Ramban, or Nachmanides, drawing from the Midrash and consistent with his interpretation that whatever has happened to the patriarchs is a sign or a foreshadowing or a prophecy of what will happen to their children, perceives that the four kings in the narrative symbolizes the four kingdoms who would in turn conquer the world and persecute Israel. Shinar, as noted, refers to Babylon. Elazar refers to Media and Persia. Elam was the city in which the first Greek king, Alexander, was crowned and from where his dominion spread over the entire world. See the Talmud, Avadah Zarah 10a. Goyim, nations, refers to Rome, which held sway over many nations. Once again, seeing this principle that Abraham's battle with these various kings foreshadows exile and redemption of his descendants, and the commentary to the book of Genesis by Moses Nachmanides on page 181, he writes regarding this battle. This event happened to Abraham in order to teach us that four kingdoms will arise to rule the world. In the end, Abraham's children will prevail over them and they will all fall into their hands. The first one mentioned here is the king of Babylon. Elazar refers to Media and Persia. Elam was the city in which the first Greek king Alexander was crowned and from where his dominion spread over the entire world. See the Talmud, Avadah Zarah 10a. Goyim, nations, refers to Rome, which held sway over many nations. Once again, seeing this principle that Abraham's battle with these various kings foreshadows exile and redemption of his descendants, and the commentary to the book of Genesis by Moses Nachmanides on page 181 he writes regarding this battle this event happened to Abraham in order to teach us that four kingdoms will arise to rule the world in the end Abraham's children will prevail over them and they will all fall into their hands the first one mentioned here is the king of Babylon for so it was to be in the future as it is written you are the head of gold perhaps Elazar mentioned here second is the name of a city in Media or Persia and Elam mentioned third is the city in which the first Greek king Alexander was crowned. From there his kingdom spread after he was victorious over Darius who was the king of the Persians. Our rabbis have already mentioned this matter. Rabbi Yosai said for six years
years, the Greeks ruled in Elam, and after that, their kingdom spread over the entire world. The king of Goyim, the last of the four kings mentioned in Genesis and beginning in chapter 14, who ruled over various nations that had made him their head and leader, is an allusion to the king of Rome who ruled over a city comprised of many peoples, Katim, Edom, and the rest of the nations. Thus the rabbi said in Bereshit Rabbah, Rabbi Avon said, Just as Abraham's grief began with four kingdoms, so will it end for his descendants only with four kingdoms. And it further says there, And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, that is Babylon, Ariat, king of Elazar, that is Media, Sheda, Lomer, king of Elam, that's Greece, and Tidal, king of Goim. This is that kingdom, Rome, which writes out a levy and collects assessment from all nations of the world. Next, we're going to see in Genesis chapter 15 how it is Yeshua who makes a covenant with Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 29, it is written, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said, Not as to seeds as of many, but as, as of one, and to your seed which is Messiah. And if you are Messiahs, then are you Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. Next, we're going to look at the covenant and the prophecy that Yeshua made with Abraham and how this foreshadows exile and redemption. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, it is written, And he, Abraham, said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. In the art scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 522, regarding these things, it is written, and he placed the divided part each opposite its corresponding part. This is the classical way in which an ancient covenant was made. So a covenant is being made with Abraham, and we understand that it's Yeshua, the one that's making this covenant. And so Yeshua is making a promise that even though Abraham's descendants are going to be exiled, he's going to restore them. He's going to redeem them. The Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 522, it further goes on to explain how this covenant that is being made with Abraham, how it foreshadows exile and redemption. The symbolism of the animals chosen is that the nations of the world are compared to bullocks, see Psalm 22, verse 13, rams, see Daniel chapter 8 verse 3 regarding media Persia and goats Daniel chapter 8 verse 21 regarding Greece Israel is compared to young doves Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14. Rav Eliezer said, At the covenant between the parts, God showed our father Abraham the four kingdoms, Babylon, Media Persia, Greece, and Rome, their dominion, and also their downfall. Genesis chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, we can see also this pattern of exile and redemption. It is written, And when the sun was going down, a 
deep sleep, which is an allusion to spiritual slumber, fell upon Abram, and lo, a whore of great darkness, which alludes to exile, fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, referring to exile, and shall serve them, meaning they're there because they're disobeying Torah, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also, that nation whom they serve will I judge foreshadowing the judgment of the nations. And afterward they shall come out. That's being redeemed from those who persecuted them. And they'll come out with great substance. And the book From Exile to Redemption by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, volume 1, page 11, he explains that exile is likened unto deep sleep. In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, that is the temple, the Holy One, blessed be he, may be described metaphorically as awake. In the time of exile, he may be described metaphorically as asleep. Now, asleep here is associated as it relates to the God of Israel with the concept of hiding his face. And being awake is associated with he shines his face upon his people or he reveals or he shows his face. Let's see how deep sleep is associated with spiritual slumber because a deep sleep fell upon Abram. In Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 it is written, And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with your ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. So they're being told to perceive not and to shut their eyes. Deep sleep is associated with having your eyes closed. Isaiah chapter 29 verses 9 and 10. And you, when your eyes are closed, you're not spiritually seeing, which means you're not following Torah and you're not understanding who the Messiah is. Stay yourselves in wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, has he covered. Spiritual slumber, deep sleep, eyes being closed. It continues on, Isaiah chapter 29, verses 11 and 12. And the vision of all has become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray. And he said, says, well, I, I can't. It's sealed. And the book's delivered to one that's not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I can't. I'm not learned. Great darkness is associated with exile. A great darkness fell upon Abram. Psalm 107, verses 10 and 11. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. You're sitting in darkness because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High, meaning not following Torah. The Abrahamic covenant foreshadows all exiles. In the Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 44:17, and commenting about Genesis 15, verse 12, which says, It came to pass that when the sun was going down, lo, a dread, even a great darkness fell upon him. Dread refers to Babylon, as it is written. Then was Nebuchadnezzar filled with fury, Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. Darkness refers to media, which darkened the eyes of Israel with fasting and tribulation. Great refers to Greece. Fell upon him alludes to Rome, as it is written. The earthquakes at the noise of their fall, Jeremiah chapter 49 and verse 21. In the commentary on the Torah, 
Torah to Genesis by Moses Nachmanides, the Ramban, on page 203, he explains how the Abrahamic covenant foreshadows the judgment of the nations. That nation that made slaves of them will I judge. Genesis chapter 15, verse 14. The words then also include the kingdoms of the four exiles, which will be judged for having enslaved Israel. This is the language of Rashi. Just as I decreed exile and affliction for your children on account of sin, so will I bring judgment upon the nation that will enslave them for the violence they will do to them. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, it is written, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Genesis. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.